Good morning, listeners, and welcome to this week's Ag Report. I'm Jim Finn. My guests this morning are Aidan Brennan from the Irish Farmers Journal, Katie Judge from Grow It Yourself, Pat McCormack from the Irish Creamy Milk Suppliers Association. My first guest this morning is John Conroy from Chagas, and he's with the Nina office, and he, we are going to be talking about things that farmers can be doing at this particular time of the year as we wind down 2023. Good morning, John, and thanks for joining us. Morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. Okay, now, John, uh, let's look at uh, VAT for a minute. There has been recent changes to the treatment of VAT uh, reclaims for flat rate farmers on certain items. Can you explain uh, this to me and what the items are? Yeah, so there's been a kind of chat there or a bit of press there lately about um, that there kind of among people kind of in the farming circles. Um, I suppose to you, there hasn't really been any, any changes made as such to the, the rules or legislation. It's more so how the the revenue um, are, are, are interpret, interpreting um, the, the ruling that was always there. So I suppose like farmers would, would be quite used to uh, if they were buying things like a full tank or a, a milk machine or, or the automatic cat feeders that they'd, uh, they'd get their, their bat return on it. But um, it kind of appears that uh, it's, it's not as straightforward as before to get uh, the bat return on, on these such items. So it kind of seems to be kind of a case by case basis. So I suppose the way um, <laughs> kind of words by the revenue is kind of the vast reclaim is only available on the construction, extension, alteration, or reconstruction of a building or structure, which is designed for use solely or mainly for the purpose of a farming business, or it's for fencing, drainage, or reclamation of any land for use uh, for the purpose of a uh, farming business, or also the construction, erection, or installation of qualifying equipment for the purpose of uh, micro-generation of electricity for use solely uh, in a farm business. So I suppose, look, I wouldn't be an expert on it myself now, but I suppose just to make whoever's listening out there that if they are uh, looking to buy, you know, a milk machine or a bulk tank there in the next while, just to have, maybe have a chat with their accountant to see do they qualify for the VAT return because like a lot of farmers, when they're buying these items, they kind of rely on the, the VAT return when they're paying to them, you know. So it's just to make them aware of it, if, if anything. Yeah, that's very interesting, and because uh, I suppose the bull tank and certain other items that would be inside in that particular building would be looked at uh, fixtures and fittings rather than, you know, capital. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, as I said, like, you know, kind of farmers are, are, are sourcing their finance to pay for these new items, that's, you know, the, yeah. they all can count on the VAT return, so just to make them aware of it. Yeah, Okay. Also, a change is made to the accelerated capital allowances for slurry storage facilities this year. Can you explain what's happening there? Yeah, so I suppose um, there's kind of a new kind of scheme, well, I suppose an alteration to the scheme that's there for accelerated capital allowances there um, for capital expenditure incurred on slurry storage facilities uh, by a person, and which this includes you know, companies or, or people farming in partnerships uh, carrying out uh, the farming. Mm-hmm. And um, the, extent, the expenditure must be incurred, uh, so it's it's going on this year. So it's between the 1st of January 23 and the 31st of December 25. So I suppose farmers have kind of two years left to, to avail of this. And I suppose the, 
the qualifying expenditure can be written off at a rate of 50% per year over a period of two years mm-hmm. under this uh, new measure instead of the normal seven-year write-down period that was there before for qualifying buildings or uh, there's an eight-year kind of write-down there for uh, for qualifying machinery. Um, so, and also, just so people are aware, um, to qualify for this accelerated camp allowances, flurry storage has to be covered. So there's a small bit of confusion over that. Uh, like uh, an actual slash would would uh, would count as a cover, like the the tanks and that shaft you roofed. Um, so just so people are aware of that. And uh, I suppose with all the with the increased scrutiny around kind of slurry storage and soil water storage, um, it's probably um, good to make people aware of that. This accelerated capital allowance is, is there as well to be available of. And again, um, anyone who's interested probably should uh, consult with their accountant on, on this. Yeah, it would be important, uh, John, to be honest with you, because you say it's, it, it it runs out in 2025. A lot of farmers will find themselves having to have a facility for soil water. Exactly, yeah. So as we know now, um, like the period for, storing, period for storing soil water was increased to three weeks this year or 21 days. Mm. And in 2024, next year, it'll actually be 31 days. So it'll be the full month of December that will be required to store that soil water so I suppose um, farmers at the minute now like a lot of work I'm doing at the minute now is actually um, is actually going through farms uh, soil water storage so anyone that is short you know they can avail of this to, to try and get the soil water in place for for by this time next year Right okay now it's been a difficult year on farms John with high yeah. costs and low prices being received compared to last year can you give some advice or recommendations on cash flow management for maybe looking to get a farm or two this winter period? Yeah, I suppose we can always have this uh, thing called A, A, B, C, D. Uh, I suppose A is kind of for act early, um, joining the best farmers' plan and plans and schedules uh, may need adjustments. You know, the delays, uh, delays could, be, could cause the situation um, to deteriorate. And also cause stress farmers, so it's important that they kind of get on top of it early before a problem does rise its head. Uh, you know, they have to be realistic as well when they're when they're doing their their budget. You know, um, and that's the upfront um, when developing your ca- their cash flow. They also recommend we'd recommend that you consult. You know, with your either your accountant or they can consult with like ourselves here in Chagas. Uh, we have a kind of a handy thing there it's called the five minute cash flow. Uh, worksheet um, available on the website there, but you can get it here in the office as well and sit down and go through it with someone. And then, you know, D then is kind of decide on a course of action, um, you know, use the cash flow plan to form the base of negotiations with uh, your suppliers and banks. Um, and, you know, creditors respond best to realistic budgets and up-to-date uh, cash flow projections um, supported by, you know, the farmer's own uh, records and accounts. So, like as I mentioned, there's the, the cash flow worksheet. There, uh, it's very simple, straightforward. You know, just you put in, say, whatever sales that are due to come up, or mm-hmm. whatever payments you're due to get, and whatever expenditures you know you know that are coming, and you you know what kind of what the cash flow situation is like, so you can act clearly. Just saying. Right, and of course, uh, you have a tool then in Chagas, a very powerful tool, really, for farmers, and probably a lot of farmers don't use it, and that's the profit monitor. Uh, again, that's something farmers should be looking at at this particular time of the year to see what the projections are likely to be for 2024. 
It is a course, yeah. So we're always trying to encourage more and more farmers to keep the profit monitor. Uh, like it's fantastic. It's fantastic um, tool, like not only for like benchmarking it yourself from year to year if you're completely yearly broad, so against other farmers, like so. Like say, people I be dealing with their discussion groups now. We try to have a profit monitor meeting there every January, mm-hmm. so they can kind of compare, compare and contrast, I suppose, among themselves. Especially as well when we're kind of um, there down the the barrel of the gun of this uh, this reduced stocking rate allowance next year. Um, you know, it's just uh, mm-hmm. to no harm to to complete the profit monitor, um, and uh, I suppose um, let's try to try to improve year on year. I suppose, and it's hard to do that without just sort of benchmarking or, or or to keep a track of how you're getting on. Right, and of course, uh, nobody will be able to budget a hundred percent what's likely to happen in twenty twenty four. But you get a good guide by doing the profit monitor uh, in. Uh, at this time of the year, as to know where you might stand uh, in 2024. Exactly, yeah. Like, you know, always see, like, um, like where your costs were in yeah. 2023, like where, where most your, your money went, and is there is there a scope to maybe reduce, you know, uh, variable costs, like, you know, like the maybe feed costs or, or fertilizer, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can we can to a certain extent, try and forecast what what milk price will be or that for next year so we kind of get a good idea of, of, of what position you will be able to for the year going forward Okay and uh, I suppose one last question to you then this morning is it a difficult thing to complete the profit monitor? It isn't, it isn't to be honest now look at um, uh, there's, there's a bit of gathering up in information mm-hmm. right um, like say we have another two layers available in the future to the cost control panel like I had a certain farmers there that are using that and they'll be kind of filling up their data as the as the year goes on but if you're not look it's a matter of sitting down with with the checkbook and the mm-hmm. and the, the bank the bank account um and just uh recording like you know what what your expenditures were for the year and and your income and we just need to know like your liters that were sold or be lightweight or a ton of grain or whatever. Yeah. And um if that's it and what kind of what kind of data is there the farm mm-hmm. you know what adventure is there because it's, it's just probably a, a, an hour or two work in it but it's worth doing I think OK well look at John I want to thank you ever so much for joining us this morning that listeners was John Conroy from Chagas and John is in the Nina office. Listeners, my next guest this morning is Katie Judge. Now, Katie has been on with us before, but, and uh, she's with GYI, and uh, they have a new program called Grow to CEO. And Katie is going to be with me this morning uh, to tell me all about it. Good morning, Katie. Grand to talk to you again. Thank you so much. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Okay, it's good to have you back on Tip FM. Now, Grow to CEO. What's that all about? So Grow to CEO is basically a brand new competition we're running for secondary schools across Ireland. So essentially it's an eight week course. It's going to be starting around February. However, the registration is open now and it's a fantastic opportunity for secondary school students to get involved. The competition incorporates both kind of a sustainability factor as well as a business factor. So the eight week course includes um, six lessons that students and teachers will have to take part in. And these lessons include various different challenges. So it all begins um, with students growing their own peas. 
So they have to get into their classrooms, grow their own peas. And from this, they will be, please God, inspired to create a product with peas as the main ingredient. So essentially, it will be a, a recipe, a food product. It could be anything they want to want them to get as, as creative as possible. And after they've come up with this idea, they'll be encouraged to go into local businesses in their area and learn about sustainable practices. Um, they will be encouraged to make a business plan for their new product. And also at the end, they'll be doing a advertisement for the product. So it's a really nice challenge. Um, it's also supported by Accenture, which we're really excited to be working with. So they're really the experts when it comes to business and we're the experts when it comes to growing. So the two of them together has created this competition and it's just a fantastic opportunity for students to get involved in. When a school is putting a team of students together. Is it a team or is it just one individual? So the idea would be student uh, teachers essentially would sign up their class. And right. when we send the Grow to CEO kit, there'll be enough uh, materials for the whole class to grow peas. But ideally, we'd encourage students to get into groups of maybe three, ideally, um, mm -hmm. within that class. So there'd be a few groups in every class and each group is encouraged to kind of come up with their own product. Uh, we want them to get into the kitchens if they can to actually create the recipe and they'll all have their own different ideas. But yeah, essentially it'll be around three people to a team, which would be ideal for each class. Right, okay. Yeah. So, and how many schools then, uh, Katie, do you expect that will sign up to this particular programme? Yeah, so we're aiming to have about 10,000 secondary schools across Ireland, 10,000 secondary students, pardon sure. me, across yeah. Ireland involved in this initiative. So we're just, we're really trying to get everyone on board. It's, it's so unique and different. And like we said, you know, there's a lot of competitions out there that are business based and, you mm -hmm. know, this has a nice sustainable twist on it. And, will really teach students something different and, and will teach them about growing their own food. And at GIY, we're extremely passionate about that. So, you know, it will be really exciting. But the aim is around 10,000 students to be involved. So quite big if we can. <laughs> and can I ask you then, why did you pick peas as the vegetable to grow? Yeah, so very good question. Um, it might sound a bit random, but at TIY, we're actually a founding member of what's called the Beans is How Coalition. And peas would come under the kind of beans umbrella, I suppose. And this initiative aims to double the production and consumption of beans by 2030. So the reason we chose peas for this campaign is to kind of get students to learn about this. Um, it's actually very interesting. There's so many benefits to uh, come along when it goes to growing beans, which in this case is going to be peas. So they're one of the most affordable foods and um, they're extremely good. The planters, they use a lot less water than other crops and they're also highly nutritional. So that's another kind of factor we'd like students to consider when they're making their product, the nutrition side of things. So that's kind of the reason we've chosen peas. Um, so it might sound a bit random and you might think, what am I supposed to make with peas? But once you kind of get out there and do a bit of research, there's a lot of um, a lot of ways you could go with this competition. So we're really excited to see how students come up with different creative ideas with their peas that they've grown. You're not going to give any ideas, even though you have them in your head, I gather. Well, no, I have a lot. No, no, I could, you know, the, 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 this, you know, the structure of the competition is, is, is nice. There's the kind of six lessons, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of scope for creativity. So, you know, this product could be, you know, it could be a dessert, it could be a dip, a spread, it could be a smoothie, it could be anything, it could be a ready-made meal. You know, we, we're really open to creativity and for students to really put the thinking caps on and think outside the box. So it'll be really interesting to see what they come up with. 
Uh, if I was asked to come up with a vegetable, I'd probably have come up with potatoes. But anyway, oh, <laughs> yeah, we have to we have to make it challenging. <laughs> we are very much synonymous with the old spud here in Tipperary <laughs> and across the whole of uh, Ireland, for that matter. Very true. Well, oh. peas goes very well with spuds. So, uh, uh, well, I do. I like peas myself. <laughs> but if I was to say to you that uh, the way I like peas the best, uh, I don't think. I would fit into your category. Uh, You know, I absolutely love old-fashioned mushy peas. Yeah, well, that's good. You know, sometimes going back to the basis is where a really good business idea comes from. So, geez, you might have to give a few ideas yourself now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only giving you one idea. It's already there. (laughs) It It has been there all my life, and I wasn't born yesterday. They are, believe it or not, and we are coming up to Christmas. It's something that I would always, for my lifetime, would be synonymous with Christmas. There was always mushy peas. Uh, in our house on at the Christmas dinner. So there you yeah. are. And I'm quite sure we're oh, probably that's, not that's the only controversial. We're, we're probably not the only one. <laughs> but if uh, you can, we get back to um, the actual competition itself. Then, yes. you know, what do people have to do now? So the registration is now open. So mm-hmm. um, any students, any teachers, anyone who knows the sector school teaching is listen. Um, they can pop onto giy.ie forward slash grow to CEO. That's our website. And to register literally takes about five minutes. Um, and then this will all be really getting the ball rolling in the new year. So if you want to sort it out before Christmas, get signed up. We'll be in touch in the new year. And mm-hmm. um, it will all be kicking off around February. And the eight weeks will begin in the middle of February. And we'll be sending out the kits around then as well. And um, once the eight weeks come to a close, we'll be choosing um, three classes or three groups from each region so the region we've divided up into cork galway dublin and waterford Mm. so here we'll be having regional finals happening at the end of the eight weeks um, and the schools will be battling it out in i suppose what would be considered kind of like a dragon den style final so they'll be pitching their ideas to a panel of judges in each of those areas and there'll be one crowned winner then from each region so there's four winning schools there's fantastic prizes up for grabs we have school gardens we have grants we have mini grant vouchers for 2000 mm-hmm. or 500 euro for the runners up and also the four overall winners will receive a day trip to the GIY headquarters here in Waterford so that's Grow HQ and they'll be taking part in a food skills course they'll be doing uh, bits with our head grower and our head chef and they'll also be in with the chance of meeting the uh, GIY CEO and founder Mick Kelly so a fantastic and we were also very mindful to not forget about the teachers because you know it is obviously a bit of work for the teachers so we couldn't forget them and they'll be at the chance of winning a weekend away so it's a very exciting fantastic opportunity and um, really nice prizes up for grabs as well so would I be right in saying then that this is uh, aimed at transition year students um so that's kind of the nice part of it as well Mm. we have we haven't really limited it to the TY students. We've opened it from first to sixth year and our signups has begun and we've had a great uptake from all years um, across mm-hmm. secondary schools. So while, you know, TY students, it could be ideal for them. There's a lot of um, horticulture teachers who've signed up first year mm-hmm. classes for this. We've had some signups from LCA classes and sixth years who are interested in horticulture and business studies as well. So there's so many subjects that kind of touches off. You have a biology piece in it when it comes to creating the recipe and learning about the nutrition you've got horticulture you've got business studies and you also have the art and 
design side when it comes to creating the you know your advertisement and your branding and packaging and all that so it really can you know be suitable for any year and any kind of teacher who wants to get involved you know we want anyone to really anyone who's listening and anyone who sees anything about it to sign up and um, because it's it's just it's fantastic and it touches off of so many um areas of the curriculum so it's great okay so anybody any school or any uh, school children listening mm-hmm. listening to us, secondary school children I'm talking about, listening to us mm-hmm. this morning, what do they have to do if they haven't already come in contact with this particular project? So you got to get in touch with your teachers, get mm-hmm. them online. And um, so it's all over our social media. It's uh, GIY Ireland. We're on all platforms. And also then our website is grow to ceo So GIY.ie forward slash grow to ceo and it has all the information, it has a registration button and it literally takes five minutes. So if you get into contact with your teachers to get them to sign you up um, and it'll be set to go then and we'll be contacting the new year. Well, look, Katie, it was a pleasure talking to you this morning. That listeners was Katie Judge uh, talking about the competition for secondary school children that GIY and Accenture have uh, for 2024, really. Uh, and uh, the title of which is Grow to CEO. Listeners, my next guest this morning is Aidan Brennan. And as you know, Aidan is with the Irish Farmers Journal uh, and is a dairy correspondent. But uh, we're not going to be talking dairy this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking, first of all, anyway, as far as, uh, as I know, we are going to be discussing uh, some new changes to the derogation or proposed changes uh, in certain parts of the country to certain types of farmers. Is that correct, Aidan? You have an article in the journal this week. Yes, Jim. So I suppose it, this has been mooted under uh, discussions that are taking place uh, this week uh, on in, in terms of nitrates derogation. And the plan is that we're going to um, have an increased area under the new limit of 220 kilos of N per hectare starting in 2025. And it effectively means that most of the country where dairy cows are, are going to be at this new reduction of 220. So as it stands, most of Tipperary, uh, most of the Midlands, and, and, and about half of Cork, Waterford and Wexford are under the new restrictions. Whereas from 2025, all of those counties, you know, all those main dairy counties will be under the new restrictions. So it's bad news for farmers, I suppose, that are currently getting away without the new restrictions, uh, because they're now going to be curtailed in how many cows are allowed to carry per hectare. It will definitely uh, reduce the the national dairy herd considerably. Yes. So, look, there's still confusion over how many animals exactly <laughs> will be affected by this. There's talks of anywhere between thirty to 40,000 cows of a reduction, potentially. But I suppose that could be mitigated by the fact if farmers uh, take on extra land, or reduce their stock of other animals, such as their heifers or beef cattle, you know, that would reduce the amount of nitrates that they're producing on their farm. Or if they had got more hectares, they'd dilute those nitrates over larger areas so they wouldn't be as badly affected. But all of that, Jim, as you know, is extra cost. And that has to be paid for something. And milk price has fallen. We're in a much different position now than we were this time last year in terms of profitability on dairy farms. So there's a lot of anger out there, Jim, among farmers over these new measures. And, you know, we're seeing more proposals coming out in terms of restricting the use of chemical fertiliser on farms and also reducing the amount of crude protein that they're allowed to have in their concentrate. So there's really, you know, and, and, and another one then in terms of the, the GPS on mm-hmm. you know, global positioning systems on, on tractors and slurry spreaders to 
I suppose, ensure that the slurry that farmers are applying is going to where it should be. But it's, you know, if they're seen as draconian measures by many farmers. And in many ways they are. If you, if, if you look at it from, we'd say, uh, the point of view of, of the farmers that have a herd that haven't really expanded much, uh, you know, during this massive expansion in the dairy industry here, uh, you know, that milking between 80 and 100 cows, it's going to, be, it, it, it's going to have a, a bigger effect on them than the, the guy who is milking 300 cows. Absolutely, because they're now going to have to compete. The smaller yeah. farmer is going to have to compete with the larger farmer for the land. Mm-hmm. The larger farmer is obviously making more money, it's bigger business. So the larger farmer has more money to pay for mm-hmm. whether that's on exporting slurries. You know, they can pay money for that slurry to be exported if needs be, whereas a smaller farmer is under more pressure in all of these situations. So that's why you could say it's, it's anti the small family farm unit that we have now. Look, but on the other side, the question has to be asked, is this beneficial for water quality? You know, certainly some of these measures are, um, you could say, you know, ensuring slurry goes to the right place will be important for, for, for mm-hmm. water quality. Ensuring slurry is not spread during the close period. They're all important measures. Reducing the stocking rate has been found or proven by Chagas not to have a great impact in terms of water quality, that there are other measures we could be doing which would be far more beneficial. But unfortunately, the cuts to the derogation is a reduction in cow numbers, is a reduction in stocking rate and will have minimal impact on water quality. And something else that, uh, you know, broke uh, during the week or uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, and that is that not all the farmers who have applied uh, to go into acres are going to get into acres too. And of course, acres would be one of the other measures that would be uh, very beneficial to uh, water quality. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's a lot of disgruntlement disgruntlement within farmers over this acres uh, scheme. Uh, Most of the farmers, well, there's about 16,000 farmers haven't been paid for the measures that they've Mm -hmm. adopted under this agri-environmental scheme. And then we've we've another, you know, you mentioned farmers that didn't get into acres. Um, Like they're all very frustrated also because they've gone to the effort of, of developing a plan. Uh, paying an advisor for that, submitting that plan, and then realising that they're not going to get into it. Whereas at the last time, anyone who applied got in. So, you know, it's, it's, you can see why there's such anger out there within the farming community at the moment. Uh, pay, delays the payments, uh, not getting access to these schemes. And it also shows the interest among farmers to access these schemes and get There's an event coming up then that you would like uh, to... Uh, inform my listeners of, and that's the uh, Progressive Farmers Conference. Yes, so, so the Positive Farmers Positive, Conference. Positive, I always call it Progressive, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's for Progressive Farmers as well as Positive Farmers. So right. we, we were on um, the 10th and 11th of January in uh, Radisson Blue Hotel, Little Island in Cork. Tickets are available online at www.positivefarmers.ie. Look, Jim, it's a two-day event. Farmers can pick and choose what day they want to go or ideally go to both days. It's not just for dairy farmers. It's not just for large farmers. It's for all farmers. And we have a range of, of people from different sectors. It's a good day for technical knowledge. So we have plenty of, of, of sharing of that. We have an expert coming over from New Zealand talking about how to run a low-cost uh, farming systems. So that's important now because we've seen huge increases in the cost of production on farms. So we're getting experts in from New Zealand to talk about that area that a lot of farmers are interested in. And we have, uh, I suppose, a really interesting one there. We've Anthony Betts is a dairy farmer from Waterford. Well, sorry, he's a former dairy farmer from Waterford. He retired about two years ago. But the way he developed, so his, his children weren't interested in farming and he developed a plan then that would allow him 
to maintain an active interest in farming. So he's actually going off measuring grass and other neighbours' farms while his own farm is leased out. So he's going to discuss how he came up with that plan and how things are progressing. We have a younger couple then who are, you know, they have three or four young children and they're in their 40s, but they're already developing a succession plan. And we have Claire O'Keefe then, who's, a, who's an expert on succession planning. So that's just a snapshot, Jim, of, of two of the sessions, but there's about seven or eight different sessions throughout the day. The full programme is available on positivefarmers.ie. Is there a field trip? Uh, there usually was a field trip on one of the days. There, there is a. We, we usually do a session uh, hmm. the day before in Warpark for people that are interested. They can get a snapshot of what's happening in terms of um, in, in in terms of Moorpark research, and that's available on. Um, they can book in that on the website also. Okay, so and all that's taking place, Aidan, on the tenth and eleventh of January. Right. In Radisson Blue, Little Island in Cork, the big hotel down in Little Island outside Cork City. And just uh, remind listeners again as to where they can get a ticket and how they can get it. So the best way is to log on to www.positivefarmers.ie and they get uh, they can get tickets there. There's a phone number on the website also if you to, to book over the telephone. Okay, we'll look at Aidan for this morning. We'll leave it there. May I wish you and all your colleagues in the journal a very happy Christmas and uh, look forward to talking to you again in the new year. And happy returns, Jim. Uh, that listeners was Aidan Brennan uh, from the Irish Farmers Journal. And if you, if you want to go to the Positive Farmers Convention, uh, why not book a ticket? Give yourself a good Christmas present for Listeners, a great Tipperary man is going to step aside on next Monday and he is Pat McCormack, the current president of the Irish Cream and Milk Suppliers and he's handing over to Dennis Drennan, a Kilkenny man, on Monday next. That's Monday coming. But I'm going to have a little chat with Pat as to how the past six years have been for him and what were his highlights and lowlights and Maybe what he might like to do when he now steps away on next Monday. Good morning, Pat, and thanks very much for joining us. Good morning, Jim, and good morning to your listeners. Now, Pat, what were the last six years like? Well, you know, I suppose, take COVID aside, um, they were chaotic. Uh, There was a significant amount of travel. There was a lot of challenges involved in it. Um, but it was a very, very enjoyable period. You know, as were, to be fair, the six years previous to that that I served as deputy. Obviously, the COVID was been an unusual scenario, which was very much the unknown. I mean, who would have thought six years ago that you could log in on your, your phone and watch the mart, watch your cattle sell, watch your calves sell, buy cattle. Um, so times changed with COVID. And uh, I'd like to think that ICMSA changed in that period of time as well. And stayed relevant during the COVID period and embraced technologies that are out there and there are some excellent technologies and obviously then we had the period where there was the phase back in mm-hmm. um, where there was hybrid meetings and there was there was meetings still continuing some of them on Zoom intermittently uh, but it's fair to say that I suppose in the last 12 to 18 months it's been health or skeletal travel again and obviously you know the challenges around the derogation and the future of farming and water quality have been a huge part of it. Um, certainly over the last decade, um, the move has been, the emphasis has been away from, while it's always a priority of ours and indeed a difficult uh, year we've had milk price-wise, but, you know, the real fear at the moment is what's coming uh, from an environmental perspective. Uh, a lot of unknowns if, if we don't improve on water quality, which is absolutely critical for the future of Irish agriculture. 
Yeah, but I'm quite sure we will uh, improve on water quality. Irish, Irish farming and farmers in particular, Irish farmers in particular, uh, you know, when they have to do something, they do it. Yeah, no, look, I mean, we're back 15% mm. on fertiliser usage in 23 and back 15% in 22 and up hugely on the percentage of stories, organic nitrogen uh, spread uh, using the less equipment. So, you know, multi-species warts and clover <clears throat> are all incorporated now as standard in, in a farmer's rejuver- rejuvenation of pasture. So I, I would agree with you, Jim, I've no doubt we'll get there. Uh, obviously, we need a period of time, though, for uh, the changes on-farm practice uh, to deliver meaningful results. And, you know, I suppose that's the frustrating thing. It's mm-hmm. one piece of legislation after another, but I have no doubt that Dennis, who has been our environmental chair over the last six years, uh, will be well up to the task of, of fighting for the family farm model and indeed for the, the future viability of, of Irish agriculture from an in, environmental perspective. Yeah, and it is interesting that you mentioned Dennis because Dennis is heavily involved in environmental issues and uh, understands the problems that Irish farmers are going to have, but also is understands why we have to do these uh, things to make certain sure that we remain sustainable as far as uh, milk production and, for that matter, any other farm commodity. Yeah, no, without a doubt, look, we've worked very closely over the last six years uh, with particular um, cohesion mm-hmm. uh, as regards the environmental challenges. Uh, a fountain of knowledge, certainly, Dennis is. And, you know, also to acknowledge that Eamon Carroll is stepping up to the top table in ICMSA and he's a good Tipperary man in Templemore, uh, or indeed maybe Lockmore, uh, as the parish rule might say, um, you know, as deputy president, and he'll be taking over that environmental chair and, and another Tipperary farmer there, Michael O'Connell, again from the parish of Lockmore, uh, will be moving into the livestock chair. So have no fear, you'll, you'll have plenty of, of local talent uh, from an ICMSA perspective to, yeah. to voice their opinions on TipFM with you in the years ahead, Jim. Thanks very much. Great to know that they're only around the corner and you can contact them at any time. Look at Looking back then on the six years, what would be been uh, the lowest time for you when things really weren't buzzing the way they should have been? Uh, from a lobby perspective, I suppose, the budgets and pre-budgets and, you know, the lack of, of an awareness by the government um, of some form of, of protection for the family fair model uh, with the level of income volatility that's out there. I mean, we've seen it particularly... Um, over the last 12 months, where we've gone from 57 cents down to 33 cents a litre. Farm families out there, and I was talking to two different contractors today, uh, you know, who are hugely concerned about the amount of money that's still out at the moment. That's that's the reality of the pressure that's out there at farm level at the moment. It's not by choice that they're, they're leaving these people unpaid. And, you know, the tax liability from 2022 was, was a huge issue for farmers. So... If I was asked for a single disappointment from a lobbying perspective, mm-hmm. it certainly has to be uh, the Fair Management Deposit Scheme that we mentioned several times here on this programme and lobbied going back as far as Minister Michael Noonan as he was at the time uh, for to bring fairness uh, and the ability for the farm family because there are many reasons, you know, why your income um, would scale up and scale down. And modern nature has a habit of, of putting the halters on us as well and we saw that during the year 2023 mm-hmm. as well as the price drop, uh, there were significant issues and expense associated with the weather. So, you know, came into the dairy chair in 2009, uh, even as president in 2023, and we have the very
very, very same challenge as a difficult weather year and a poor mill price okay. in relative terms. Yeah, okay, that's the low light. What would be the highlight? I'm sure it's, it's hard to quantify the, the highlights. The mm-hmm. highlights for, for Pat McCormick certainly were helping individuals who had particular issues right across the country, whether they were Donegal, Wexford, West Cork or Louth, you know, whether it was TD, banking issues, you know, we had some people that had solvency issues and we managed uh, with the help of, of an independent tip mm-hmm. um, to keep them in their homes and, and to work, uh, facilitate uh, their working through the debt that they have. Um, obviously, with the beef talks, and there was a huge focus around the beef talks. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, that was, a, that was a challenging period of time and we did get recognition for the dairy bread calves, the O, the o- minuses mm-hmm. and the four pluses um, on, on the, the payment mechanism. And that, that was positive. But look, I suppose... Hopefully we'll see more positivity um, in the very, very near future with the Minister and the derogation and the 250, 220, that he will do something because we've lobbied him very hard on the animal feed and the percentage protein content as well as the calf and the excretion rates from the calf at particularly zero to three months. So, you know, hopefully it's it's a bit of a slow burner, farm politics and indeed lobbying. Um, hopefully the ground is tilled and the crop will be good. Uh, and I don't say that lightly, that we'll get the positive results that we need to take the burden off the 250 to 220 and, and maybe reduce that burden by half. And I think that would take a lot of pressure off uh, off farm families. And the strain that they're under, whether it is to take on ground or, or mm-hmm. export slurry or whatever the case may be, to remain viable, Jim. I see uh, that you haven't. I know we're doing this interview on Wednesday evening, but... I see that you haven't seen the headlines for the Farmer's Journal. You know, there seems to be more talk about the derogation and more farmers are going to be bought into it in some counties, even though we thought we had come to the end of it for this year. It doesn't look like that. And you'll probably read it yourself in the journal. Uh, yeah, well, look, Jim, Jim, I suppose as we look forward, obviously mm-hmm. the 1st of January is 2024, but if we roll on 12 months, mm-hmm. I see the entire the entire. Republic of Ireland being being at two twenty at that point in time, right? Okay, um, and that's that's where I think we're going. And I suppose the challenge then is to maintain the two twenty, albeit mm-hmm. with concessions for reduced protein and indeed the the, the calf, mm-hmm. as I say, from zero to three yeah. months. But certainly, you know, the biggest challenge I suppose uh, in that five year, the six year period, and indeed in the fourteen years, if you take the overall context, because we obviously we had the abolition of quotas in twenty fifteen and a very prosperous in energetic period in the run-up to it and indeed just beyond it, maybe 2017, 2018. But I suppose the biggest challenge of all now is is the derogation and that handbrake that has been put on the dairy industry because the dairy industry has reformed rural Ireland and made it a, a, a vibrant place mm-hmm. um, since the abolition of quotas. Tell me this, you spent a lot of your time in Brussels. Will you miss the trip to Brussels you were near. You were there a lot of the times when I rang out for to come on the program. So, will you miss going to Brussels? I'm sure I'll miss being in Brussels, mm. being in the Parliament, um, talking to the MEPs, talking to the Commission. Uh, I miss that. I won't miss walking the difficult footpaths or indeed the, the drive to Dublin and the, and the travel. But I will miss the, the the buzz, I suppose, of getting the message across. A very, very clear and a very simple message that would deliver sustainability for farm families for the years ahead. And you know, we had some very good times out there where there were strong arguments with the likes of Commissioner Hogan at the time. He had the agricultural brief, um, you know, over that 12-year period. 
and uh, certainly we, there were there were good exchanges, and I think we got positive results. The voluntary reduction scheme, um, being the case in point there in 2016, to uh, rebalance the market that was in oversupply at that point in time. So, yeah, Jim, I suppose in a word, I will miss it, but you know, life moves on. You know, coming in that there's an in date, and that in date is mon- has been clearly written now as Monday the 18th, and. You know, there's an opportunity with that for the new people, Dennis, Sam and Michael O'Connell, etc., uh, to come in and bring a freshness and an energy um, to the table as regards lobbying for farmers because it can be physically and emotionally draining over a period of time. Now, can I say one thing at the end of your term of office? I want to thank you for being always available to Agriport on Chip FM. And and me even bigger thanks for all the work that you have done for not alone the farmers of Tipperary, but the farmers of the whole island of Ireland. You have been a wonderful Tipperary man. And I really congratulate you on all the work you've done and say a really big thank you, Pat. No, look, uh, Jim, I suppose thank yourself and indeed thank friends from the morning show. Um, I was on with him on numerous times, and indeed, I suppose he's predecessor, Seamus Merton. Um, it's always good uh, to have the support of the media in your in your own county. Um, it's it's usually important because you know there's very very positive feedback from uh, your listenership when you'd meet them at a match or a mart or a funeral or whatever the case may be. Okay, and may I wish you and the family a very happy Christmas. And I'm quite sure we haven't heard the end of Pat McCormack. Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much. Listeners, that was Pat McCormack, uh, president of the Irish Cream and Milk Suppliers Association, for another couple of days. That, listeners, is AgriPort for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join me, Jim Finn, at the same time next week. Coming up next is the news at 10 o'clock. And after that, Eamon DeWire presents Down Your Way.